Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. So when the rest of the world went into their homes and had to coexist with their closest loved ones 24-7, I was very much alone with my two cats and too much free time. One of my best friends at the time came up to me and she says, Brittany, people are saying that you sound like a man. Brittany, people are saying that you a man and that you sounded like a man when you did the morning announcements. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Laura Wexler. And I am Jessica Hinkin. And this week on the podcast, it wasn't all bad. Only (laughs) 99.9% of it. (laughs) Stories from two women who discovered something, I mean, dare we say it, wonderful during the pandemic. Yeah. That's that's right. They did. Before we get started, we want to thank Mend Acupuncture, which is a sponsor of the podcast. You can find them in Remington, Quarry Lake, and Canton, and they are an excellent place to get poked. I don't know. Do you feel like that there's anything sexual about saying it's a good Absolutely. place to get poked? Yeah, all right. I well, go. don't go in with those expectations. Oh, this is or all do. on the up and up. Because <laughs> I've had mine met. <laughs> Not at Mend. Don't. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, All right. So our first storyteller is Taylor Binnix, and she told this story at a recent show that we had at Center Stage called Rom-Com, and it was stories of love and heartbreak, and um, this is a story about love. Take a listen. I was new to Baltimore in 2017, and after just two years, I had a great group of friends, mostly Ultimate Frisbee players. (laughs) (laughs) We went to parties like costume parties and dance parties and bike party. We went to restaurants for dinner and brunch and happy hours. We played ultimate frisbee multiple nights a week and went to live performances and community volunteer projects. And it was so fun. I had the best time. I loved exploring new experiences around Baltimore City and checking out new spots in town. And I thought that if I could meet someone new every time I went out it would increase my chances of finding someone I wanted to date. And I I wanted to meet a friend of a friend. I just thought that would be the easiest thing. And it worked to an extent. I had a lot of dates here and there, but nothing ever really stuck, and I did make a lot of friends that way. And then in March of 2020, all of that got canceled, and my calendar was very much wiped clean. So when the rest of the world went into their homes and had to coexist with their closest loved ones 24-7, I was very much alone with my two cats and too much free time. And I realized I would need a new hobby, something to help me feel productive with my alone time and a new way to connect with people. So I picked up knitting as my pandemic hobby And I took the plunge into online dating. And I didn't know what to expect. I was hoping for some company like you might find at the neighborhood bar. But the world was in such disarray, and I had never tried to meet people in this way before, so I didn't know who I would find online. But I was just a few days into this social experiment when I got an interesting message. I had a photo of myself at the Great Wall of China, and this pickup line said, wow, Trump's wall looks really good so far. (laughs) 
thought that was a pretty bold move for such a politically contentious time, but I was intrigued, and I responded right away, and we got to messaging back and forth, and the person on the other end was Danny. And I said, Danny, what are you doing what are you doing today? And Danny said, well, I'm getting beat at Candyland by a four-year-old. And I said, Candyland's not hard. How is that possible? And Danny said, well, my niece is cheating. (laughs) I also thought that was hysterical. I have fond memories of cheating at Uno and Mancala against my kid brother. And and uh, so I was, I was intrigued. I thought, I thought this young niece had the coolest uncle in the world, and I couldn't wait to meet him. So because neither of us had any plans, we arranged to meet up the very next day. And it was going to be a casual park walk on a balmy summer night in June. So I picked out my best COVID uniform, which was just leggings and a T-shirt, and I went to the park, and I met with Danny and his dog, and we really hit it off. I learned that... Danny's calendar was also decimated by the pandemic. Danny is an Orioles lover, but the Orioles had their season cut short. And Danny works in the travel industry, which was nothing but cancellations and refunds. So after some time, we stopped for barbecue and ice cream. And after ice cream, I grabbed Danny's hand. And as we walked hand in hand, we talked about the big three, politics, sex, and religion. We even covered family and careers on that very first night, and without even noticing, we had walked eight miles in just six hours. (laughs) And then after some time, all of the public places were closed because it was the middle of the night on a weeknight, so we ended the evening laying in the grass in the middle of a field and stargazing until 1 (laughs) a.m., And it was actually the dog that got restless first. So after a while, Danny said, well, this was fun. When can I see you again? And I said, well, I have no plans. So how about tomorrow? (laughs) So the next day, we had dinner together again. And then Danny said, well, this was fun. When can I see you again? And I said, well, I have no plans. So how about tomorrow? (laughs) And this went on for seven days in a row. We saw each other every day. We met each other's pets and talked about the future and talked about the pandemic. And then after some time had passed, Danny said, well, this was fun. Can I see you again tomorrow? Do you want to be exclusive? And I said, well, yeah, I'm not meeting anybody else, and I have no plans, so (laughs) I would love to be exclusive. And that first week was now almost two years ago. (laughs) Danny and I still talk every day. Pandemic dating was unusual. It felt like our relationship was in a time warp. But we spent our days hiking around different corners of Maryland and trying at-home, trying new recipes for at-home date nights. And on our first anniversary, Danny gave me a beautiful custom poster of the constellations in the night sky over Roosevelt Park from the day we met. <laughs> and, and now we still enjoy each other's company. Now we are getting settled into a new routine together. We spend our days organizing our spice cabinet and building furniture and talking about budgets. But we're we're very much looking forward to the next chapter in our lives. And as I reflect on the world going into this third calendar year of a pandemic, I can't help but think about this beautiful irony 
During a time characterized by such instability and widespread loss, I found my person. I found my most stable and loving partner during a pandemic. And for that, I experienced the greatest gain. Thank you. What I love about the story and what feels so true is that um, it was so easy to make plans because <laughs> neither of them had anything to do. Yeah. And I just I remember that being such a um, feature. And actually, the good news is it's harder to make plans now because there's more to do. Absolutely. That's good. It's a good thing. Before we get on to our next story, we want to thank Baltimore Magazine, a longtime sponsor of the podcast. You can find them at baltimoremagazine.com or on the newsstand. And we'll actually be joining with them to do a show next month, May 11th, at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. It's going to be a show about weddings. So join us for that live if you are in town. So this next storyteller shared a story recently um, at a Stoop event that we do in partnership with Johns Hopkins. uh, Cary School of Business. Cary School of Business and Women in Business. And I loved this person's energy. Getting to know her through the process was an absolute pleasure. So please listen to Brittany Gardner's story about um, discovering some wonder during the pandemic. So my story starts with elementary school-aged Brittany. I was in fourth grade, and this particular day, I had the opportunity to go and read the morning announcements at my school. Um, I was really excited for the opportunity to just hear my voice booming throughout the speakers in the school, and it just made me feel special, right? You know, like, who doesn't want to be chosen to do something special when you're in elementary school? So on this day, I walk into the main office, and I walk up to the intercom system, and I do my thing. I hear my voice. I'm really excited and really proud of myself. So I leave the office, step down, feeling pretty self-satisfied, you know, as any fourth grader would. And I head back to my classroom for my morning classes, and then recess comes. So I go out to play with my friends, as I'm usually doing. But then one of my best friends at the time came up to me, and she says, Brittany, people are saying that you sound like a man. Brittany, people are saying that you a man and that you sounded like a man when you did the morning announcements. And I didn't really know how to feel at that moment. It's kind of hard to describe. Um, I guess it started off as confusion. Then that sort of turned to anger. And then that anger sort of turned to embarrassment. And then that embarrassment turned to shame. And that moment was something that I kept with me all the way up until adulthood, you know, that just intense shame and insecurity has really like been a thorn in my side since that very young age. I can, I sort of hid after that moment. I didn't want to speak in front of anyone, small crowds, large crowds. I didn't want to pick up the phone. I didn't want to just have to look at people's reactions to me. I didn't want to see the confusion on their face and see the questions behind their eyes about why doesn't her voice match what she looks like, you know? I remember being in an undergrad, like, wanting to participate because I knew my participation grade was suffering, but just being so crippled by the anxiety and the fear of not wanting to make my voice be heard. I would get physically ill, like my stomach would be in knots. I'd be so nervous. I'd be kind of sweaty and just like 
really nervous, kind of like how I am right now, but um, it really, it made me hide for so long, and that was a really poignant moment um, in my life. But fast forward now to March 2020, and COVID hits. We all know what happened in that time. Like, it's been one of the hardest times for our whole entire country, the whole entire world that we've had to face, and people had were dealing with and kind of still are dealing with just so much as a country. Um, but for me, I actually experienced a lot of empowerment in my career at that time. So um, at that time, I started a fellowship at the National Cancer Institute, and I was really excited to work with the Division of Cancer Control and Population Sciences, where I would learn a whole lot of data analysis skills, learn how to use SAS and R, which are like statistical programs. Um, and I did that, you know, I was really proud of myself. I led my own analysis. I got a first, first authored publication and I got to present at two national conferences, which, you know, they were online, but they were still national, you know, so <laughs> thank you. Um, and in that time, as I was, you know, rehearsing, practicing for the presentations, all of my coworkers and colleagues and family, they would just give me so much reinforcement and affirmation and say, wow, Brittany, you're doing such a great job. Like, you have such a gifting to be able to speak and communicate, and you speak with such, with such poise and clarity. And it was so different and nice to hear all these nice things about my voice, and it just fell on my ears a little bit differently. And it made me sort of start to, you know, challenge some of those negative thoughts that I had about my voice and about myself. Um, um, also around that time during 2020, I was attending a church and I decided to join that church. You know, I'm Christian and my faith is really important to me. So um, the process to join it would be to take about, I think, a six-week course. It was just one meeting every night. Um, and of course, we were doing this virtually because we could not meet together in person. And the courses just involved us reading the Bible and talking to each other, talking about what it means to be a Christian, what it would mean to join the church. And at the end of this course, the leaders of it pulled me aside. Well, they didn't pull me aside because we weren't in person. So they called me. <laughs> they called me and they said, you know, Brittany, we really, really loved the way that you connected with the other people on the call. We loved the way you, like, just led and interacted with people. So we want to ask you to come join our team and be a part of the leadership that will be in charge of speaking to people and teaching people who are interested in joining the church. And I was, I was shook. I was completely thrown off. I was so taken aback by this. I wasn't expecting it at all. But at the same time, hearing that and then also hearing the affirmation and just validation that I was getting at work, it really started to dismantle a lot of the negative thoughts that I had about myself. And I really started to break free from some of those chains that had kept me silent and hiding for so long, you know, and I started to realize like, okay, okay, they might be onto something, you know, like, maybe my voice is something special, you know, maybe my voice is a part of my destiny and a part of my purpose. So fast forward now to present day, here I am at Johns Hopkins University in this dual degree MPH MBA program, and I am trying to find balance. I'm just constantly every day trying to remind myself, you know, Brittany, you're not just here to get good grades and to gain skills and to take these courses, but you're here 
because this is a part of your destiny. This is a part of your purpose. And your voice is your superpower, you know? I'm here to bring reconciliation between myself now and elementary school-aged Brittany. I'm here in this program, not just doing the program, but I'm learning how to be a leader. And I'm bringing back to life that thing that died in me at that young age. And realizing that this, my voice, is really part of my destiny and my purpose. Thank you. So hopefully you all feel as we do that Jessica is about to burp again from her kombucha. No. Hopefully you all feel as we do that Brittany's voice is amazing. Like it, it is one of those cases where this thing that is wonderful, she was made to, and partly on of her own doing, believe that it was the worst thing about her. It's because kids um, are assholes. Well, yes, but... Also, being different it's just can be such a liability when yeah. you have an amazing ass voice like that. But it can it be, sound like and it's such a treasure, and you don't realize it's a treasure until you that's right. until you realize it. I think they do say one person's trash is another person's treasure. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, we're going to take that line out. <laughs> just want to replace that line with a burp, please. All right. Um, before we get out of here, we want to thank the Wine Source. You can find them on Elm Avenue in Hamden. They got everything you need for a good time. And uh, please visit StoopStorytelling.com to learn about upcoming events. As we mentioned, May 11th, we have a live show at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. So look for info about that. You can leave us a review at Apple Podcasts um, or wherever you get your content. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stoop Storytelling Series. Thank you, Maureen Harvey, for producing. And to y'all for listening. We will be back soon with more stories from the Stoop. Stay safe. Mm-hmm.